Welcome to What The Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Christelle Rubio, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit, from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind-the-scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of, what does being fit mean to you? Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. We are here for a special Ohio election results episode with Madeline Fenning of Sitting Beat. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. People are so excited that you're here. They love these episodes. Oh, wow. That's great. I love doing these episodes. This is like a big, bright, shining star in my week when this happens. It makes me feel very good. And we have so many good things to talk about. Like this conversation could have gone... A lot of different ways. Like this could have been a solemn, somber moment for us. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it it was a tense night in the newsroom last night when we were waiting for these results. Um, I had a lot of heartburn. I don't know if it was just the pizza or me, but it was, uh, the the vapes, all of it, (laughs) everything, all of the vices came out to play, but yeah, it's, uh, we have a lot of good stuff to talk about. So many good things. Okay. So we're going to talk like all election results stuff and like the stories around it. And Mm -hmm. I really want to hear too, because you were at the polls. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear like what people were saying, like Mm -hmm. what was the vibe, what was going on. So where should we start? Why don't we just kind of maybe go one at a show at a time. We can start with our big flagship issue, issue one. Yes. The flagship. Uh, Ohio is like all over my news podcast this Mm -hmm. morning. NPR is talking about it. The Daily is talking about it. Like Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. Yes. Uh, So we showed the fuck out. As, as you know, most of you listeners know, but maybe some don't, Ohio uh, voted to protect the right to abortion access, um, kind of more broadly as of reproductive rights, but that was in relation to um, abortion bans that had been cropping up uh, across the country because of the overturn of Roe v. Wade last summer. Um, and Ohioans voted in favor of issue one. Let me see if I make sure I have my exact numbers. We yeah. we finally do now have 100% of precincts reporting for the state. Uh, and issue one... Uh, Oh, man, I just had it, of course. Here we go. Issue 1-1 one, one with uh, 56.62% of the vote. Okay. Uh, that was 2,186,962 votes. So, wow. yeah, it In was... In terms of, like, polling results, is that a good number? That is a pretty good number. I okay. mean, Ohio, as being a historic... Historically, a long, longer time ago, it feels like now, swing state in that more right. purple range, yeah. has skewed so far red because of our legislature, uh, because of, you know, gerrymandering. We've seen a lot of changes happen uh, since, you know, 2016, when mm-hmm. Trump was first elected. And I think that this has been a really interesting uh, result, because when you're looking at the county by county data of who voted in favor of this amendment. There were 18 counties that voted 
for issue one that those counties in 2020 voted to reelect Trump. One of those counties was Butler County. So Butler, Butler County showed out in favor of issue one as well, which was pretty surprising. I mean, it's surprising in the sense of maybe what Republicans were expecting, yes, but it's but not the, not the now zeitgeist of the world. Right. And it's, it's not surprising in what we knew ahead of time about what polling data sh showed about abortion sentiment that most people, a yes. lot of Republicans included, yep. are in favor of abortion being legal and accessible to a certain to a certain point. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, like like you said, popping around polling locations, yeah. it was uh, you know when I was going to different locations on the west side, east side, up to the board of elections in Norwood, it was interesting to see who, you know, was out with signs campaigning. Um, obviously it was, um, it, I mean, I don't know why it's that obvious. I really, I truly didn't know what to expect because really? it's such a contentious issue. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking like with how many marches we've had and how many protesters do you see? I mean, you can't go to like, like a Taylor Swift concert or get a fest yes. without having people with giant signs yes. saying that you're going to burn in hell right. for having an abortion. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. the passion is abundant. Oh, and, is that what we're going to call it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I really didn't know what to expect at the polls, but I did see, um, it was actually pretty quiet. It was pretty tame. Uh, we did have a lot of early votes in, mm, in yep, this yep, election, yep. uh, way more than what you typically have in yep. an odd numbered election year. So, uh, day of polls, polls weren't like out of the door with lines, but there were protesters or campaigners as they would be called in, in yes. the sense that were holding signs just kind of against issue one. Whenever I talked to them, they told me they, they kind of echoed a lot of the, the points that the Republicans were really trying to drive home, which is this idea of parents' rights and this idea of, of late term abortions. Wait, what's this parents' rights? Yeah. So one of the biggest, uh, I mean, if not the biggest issue that Republicans are pushing when trying to advocate against issue one was the idea that because the language of the amendment uses the term individual rather than adult um, when talking about who has the constitutional right to reproductive autonomy, they said that that could include minors, that could include children. Oh, okay. So their point was that uh, a parent wouldn't be able to weigh in on their child's decision to have an abortion or mm. to seek potentially other forms of reproductive health care, like gender-affirming mm -hmm. care, even though gender-affirming care is not actually mentioned in the amendment at any point. Well, it just seems really funny. It's like, okay, when it's an unborn fetus, they have rights, but when they're an adult and they want to go through any kind of sex change, gender change, then, then no. Yeah. Then I mean, no, you can't. <laughs> I, I have tried for a long time now to kind of untangle the 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 pro life logic and yeah. it's it's you know, it's it's it really it's is vast and varied and it's, it, squirrely it, and mm -hmm. curvy. So the uh, the the parental and when I would ask, you know, uh, Republicans to to kind of elaborate on this because I would say, well, you know, the cause I did stories that showed there were for those children who are seeking uh, re or gender affirming care, mm -hmm. anywhere where a that service could be offered to a minor, it's going to require a parent's permission 100% mm -hmm. of the time. In Planned Parenthood told me that they don't even offer it with parental permission to minors. Yeah. You have to go somewhere like Cincinnati Children's has a gender affirming clinic. Yeah. Their process, I interviewed with a family who they've been through that process. I mean, it's extensive. Oh, I'm sure. It's very extensive. It's a full family um, therapy interview yeah. over a course of days and days to basically make sure that this, you know, that this candidate for gender affirming care is in a supportive environment, yeah. that everyone's on board, that everyone knows what's going on. I mean, 
it's it's not something that you can just kind of walk down the street like yeah. at an ATM and just sign yeah, up sure. for. Um, and so so that argument, even though it was repeatedly debunked, um, was definitely. I mean, it was even outside of of Catholic churches that were polling locations. Like there's signs that would say "Vote No" on issue one, would say "Protect Parents' Rights" at the bottom. Like that was that was, that was really that was the, the big line. that was the really big party line. And so and then the other being late-term abortions, which right. also is a very complicated issue because, as we know from data, and as I've repeatedly reported since Roe was overturned, is that the vast majority of abortions happen very early on in mm-hmm. pregnancy, mm-hmm. and those abortions, very few that happen later in pregnancy are usually in cases where um, you know, a fetus is non-viable, where there is the threat to the, to the life of the, mm-hmm. of the patient. I mean, it's, it's in, and also if there is a, uh, in, and also uh, there was a, a lawmaker, um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now, but a lawmaker who's also a, an OBGYN mm-hmm. who uh, told Ohio Capital Journal, like, yeah, when, when a quote unquote abortion happens, you know, past uh, 24 weeks, that's not an abortion, that's a birth. Mm. And it's, if, if the, you know, if the child is, you know, is born and needs intensive neonatal care, they get it. If yeah. they are, you know, if they don't, aren't compatible with life, like yeah. they receive comfort care. I mean, this is, it's just not in line with what yeah. is actually happening, but um, yeah, those were still two the two main driving arguments, and uh, they didn't exactly go over, I think, as they hoped. So are they are they done trying to do this like um, like life begins at inception kind of stuff? Are they still holding true to that, or are I, they like this doesn't work anymore? I think that it depends on who you talk to. There okay. was a it was Rep. Gary Click um, from Vickery. He's an Ohio a member of the Ohio House. He put forth a. a a piece of legislation at last year sometime that was trying to basically establish that personhood begins at conception. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of that just signaling stuff leading up to this issue one vote. Um, but also when you speak to advocates from Catholic conference of Ohio, uh, uh the, um, protect women, Ohio's, uh, sister organization, Ohio right to life, you know, it's this, this merging and blending of, of religion and science is yeah. it usually it's, it's well, yes, uh, life begins at, uh, at conception, but also, um, there's, there, there's this six week heartbeat bill ban. And so that's that we're going to try that. Yeah. But then, you know, after that, that's because there's a heartbeat. That's when we kind of place that value on this idea life. of life. Yeah. And so there's all these different varied stages that are really just like, social emotional Mm. kind of assigned values for life that you see across that whole camp. Um, and the heartbeat bill was the most, is the most successful legislation they've been able to pass in recent years. Cause I mean, it was in effect for a certain amount of time after Rose overturned here in the States or in the States in Ohio. Um, and that was set to be the law of the land again, if issue one were to have failed. Um, but now that it has passed the Ohio, uh, majority conservative Ohio Supreme court, it's not constitutional for them to bring it back basically. Yeah. Okay. So what does this mean for like in practicality? Yeah. Well, so, Currently, uh, because a Hamilton County actually judge blocked that six-week ban as it waits to go to the Supreme Court, uh, abortion has been legal and accessible in the state, um, which is up to 22 weeks. Um, But now, because I think what's going to be interesting to to look at now is because the the bill does, uh, you know, it broadly does 
co- it covers abortion care and mm-hmm. and it covers a, a different reproductive services. I'm I'm interested to see if there's going to be other. I want to say blockades, like other other means that Republicans have tried to use to to reduce the amount of abortions that happen in the state. If those will start to lift, like for instance, like the number of clinics that exist in the state, yeah. the the requirements of them for being near a you know a, a hospital or mm-hmm. having you know certain there's 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 lots of different small ways that people try to to chip away at abortion healthcare, mm-hmm. and so it's going to be interesting to see if some of those previous determinations kind of scale back so we can see it open up more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a question from someone, lots of, uh, marijuana questions. I'll I'll answer those the best I can, but I'm, I'm not as knowledgeable as I think I might be on abortion, but I I have learned a whole lot about weed in this process. I mean, I think that, you know, way more than me, so you're going to be good. (laughs) Um, okay. No, never mind. I don't have a question for that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so how, how were like the people that were coming out to vote Mm -hmm. for issue one to pass? Like what was, what was that like? like, Yeah. Uh, so I spoke with one voter who she, you know, basically was like, to me, it comes down to whether it's weed or it's abortion, it's my body. And Mm -hmm. I want to decide what goes in it, what comes out of it, what goes on around it, everything that's my business. And so that's why I'm voting for this today. It was just purely about, about autonomy. I spoke to a mother and a son who they were there voting together um, at the board of elections. And the uh, mother, she was telling me, she was like, yeah, I'm 41 and I've never voted in my entire life. Wow, and I'm voting no, no, any type of election, anytime ever. And I'm voting now wow. because this, this matters. And, yeah, that important. and it was, it was really cool. She was saying like, yeah, I, she, it was really cool to see her like confidence in that moment because I think for for someone who just chooses not to vote and is never a voter and doesn't vote to see like that switch of like mm-hmm. going from I just kind of don't care about elections or I don't think my vote counts to you know she told me she said I really feel like my vote's going to count like I can feel it really counting yeah that was really that was really cool um and yeah I actually when I was uh speaking to a a, a protester against issue one in uh it was uh, was not Camp Washington. It was Mount Lookout at a polling location there. Uh, there was a woman who walked by who she was, I want to say like maybe like mid sixties, late Mm sixties. Um, and she, I mean, not to say that like voters or, or, or party members have any sort of kind of look, but it was surprising uh, to find, <laughs> to, to, for her to yell with passion across the parking lot to me. Uh, she said, I love City Beat and I'm voting for issue one. And so I was like, okay, like it's, it's just one of those things where throughout the day it was really uh, hard to tell exactly how it was going to play out because yeah. I mean, other states have, enshrined abortion like access in their state but ohio is like the most red state uh-huh. to do that so far so it was really anyone's guess i thought and was this what was special about ohio kind of making this call because didn't it pave the way for some other states to maybe think about how they can use yeah polling to like i think so i mean votes, i think like showing tactic yeah and i think just messaging too like showing that it doesn't have to be um you know, entirely playing at passions. It can be playing at like logic. It can be playing at just showing and spelling out to people like this is what this amendment does. This is what the science of, 
you know, abortion care looks like. Um, because as you'll see, I think it didn't necessarily work for Republicans to try and um, do as much fear mongering as they did because there was a lot of uh, contention around the language of that you'd see on the ballot. Mm. Like at first they were trying to make it so it said it didn't refer to a fetus or referred to like you could terminate a baby through mm. nine months. Um, it, it, they really wanted to like lean into the way that like Republicans define abortion versus how doctors define yeah. abortion. So yeah. I think that that's going to be interesting to see how other states play their hand at the abortion game now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is good news for us. Yeah. I'm happy. It's very, I'm, it's been very surreal and, and exciting. I mean, especially from last year. Like yeah. Like, last year. I mean, I was, you know, I started off freelancing at city beat and then I was part-time and it was like truly the first day that I was ramping up to full-time is when the, the leaked Supreme court opinion yep. on, on row was released. And it was kind of from that point forward, it was just like, go, 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 go. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. abortion was uh, like very common thing that we covered routinely after that, something I never thought that I was going to have to be doing. And right. so um, it's wild to be at this point now. And I'm really interested now going forward to talk to Planned Parenthood and uh, Preterm Ohio and other abortion um, providers to ask them about how, you know, like what are next steps? What look next for steps them? might be? Yeah. How how access might continue to expand? Because I mean, even with abortion being as accessible as it is now, there's still long waits. There's still you know a twenty four hour waiting period. Yeah, you have right? to go in, get checked out, mm -hmm. then you have to wait another a full twenty four hours. Yeah. they make you watch a video. It might from like nineteen eighty five. It's it's yeah. It, there's there's and I mean it's this. I don't believe this is the case in Ohio, but in some states you like have to to like look at the ultrasound right. Like visually, they have to like record that you like locked eyes with this ultrasound, which is such a so like it's it's a very it's it's, a, it's a just all shame based yeah. policy, which is um, not not very common for uh, healthcare. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how they're going to approach trying to maybe potentially roll back some of those other requirements. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, will be interesting to follow along. Okay, what do we have next? You want to talk about marijuana? I do, because this, when I woke up and saw this, the first thing I, first thing I saw when I woke up, I remember in like 2015, I had a 420 party <laughs> at my apartment over in Eden Park. Yeah. And there was like 30 of my friends over, and we obviously just like got so high, we ate so many snacks. We yeah. were just like stretching on the ground, as one does at a 420 sure, party. Sure, yes. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, when this is legal, like when it's legal in Ohio, like I'm going to have the biggest celebration. I'm going to have the biggest party. Like it's going to be so amazing. I feel like I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And then today. Yeah. And you might be able to start planning that party because it looks like it's going to be uh, in December when, December when you'll be able to start, uh, you'll be able to start possessing and legally consuming marijuana recreationally. I don't know exactly what the, the rollout plan will be for who's going to be selling it first because right. it is, it is a dispenser medical dispensaries that have like first dibs at those licenses okay. for, uh, selling recreationally. Okay. Um, but so it's likely that we'll see the medicinal places expand then mm -hmm. just to allow people in without. Yeah. And I think that was in part because they just already had the infrastructure in place. Truly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but the, but there are also 
you know, people will soon, soon be able to start applying for those licenses themselves. I've, I've interviewed with people who are on what would be considered like a more of like a small business setup. Um, yeah. There is a, a local uh, hemp distributor called It's Not Weed. It's a really, it's a great like delivery service based mm-hmm. uh, uh, different cannabinoid I'm gosh, I'm so again, I've tried to learn throughout this process, but I'm going to misuse these words, so bear with me. <laughs> um okay. but these different um uh what are they called? Um mi- micro variants. God, man, I'm really I sound so not cool right now. Uh, I you know way more than me. I don't know what a micro variant is. Um, some they're basically like these different types of of Are they like ca- are they like products that are just like not marijuana but have like They're they're like it's like it's like syn- it's kind of like that. It's like synthetic versions of yes. different cannabinoids. What did this, this used to be called? Like K spice. Was that oh a thing? my gosh! <laughs> I'll never forget in college when I, I was at a party forget. once, and people were in like a locked room, and they yes. were like, "They're doing spice." They're like in there. going insane. When you've ever seen someone on K spice, it's they like foam at the fucking mouth. Oh, I'm like just. Buy weed. Like, I don't understand. Anyway, yeah. So now there's this, but this person that I spoke to who runs the It's Not Weed uh, service said that they would like to expand to include weed, um, but that they worry that they won't be able to get the same uh, level of access to that ability because, uh, you know, the marijuana industry is a huge very wealthy industry. There's yeah. a lot of of money and people who have been prepared and waiting for this for a very yes. long time, and yes. they have the money and the infrastructure in place to be able to cultivate um, and get those, you know, very expensive licenses to be able to sell. There, is there a limited number of licenses available? So I know that the number of licenses. God, I wish I'm sorry. I wish I had this number in front of me. I know no, that okay. for um, the number of licenses in for medical in the state is I think it's like a little less than 30. Oh god. Um and That's not okay. but not like everyone good stores. I need like I don't really yeah. need to get, I need like two good stores. I I want like an aesthetic cute mm. like beautiful store. I think of like what I think it's called the Pot Shop in LA or like It's going to be like Launch Party in OTR. Do you know yes, what I'm talking about? Exactly. Yeah. I want mm-hmm. that type of weed store. And then I want like a big Mac Daddy like Walmart type of weed store where like I can go and like it's good prices. Curbside pickup. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like we're one place we were gonna go in sweatpants, the other place we were gonna go in like your You're gonna have a matcha latte. Yeah, exactly. When you buy your like little selfie joints. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll take a picture with like your new manicure Uh kind of thing. Holding a joint. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like I have Oh, Those God. it seems like that since I mean with us being in such a metro area, I'm sure we'll it's be one of happen. the first places that's it's gonna, gonna have happen. that option. Yeah. yeah. It mm-hmm. might not happen like right away, and that's fine. Like I'm cool to just pull up to a store, show my ID, maybe wait in a waiting area for mm-hmm. a bud tender. Like that's I can handle that. That's yeah. okay for now. And then we'll just like evolve as we go. Yeah, it's very exciting. I no, I'm I'm so excited for High on the Hill because when I started oh High gosh. on the Hill last year. I did it with this in mind. I'm like, it's going to be legal soon. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a weed podcast in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So let's just wet the whistle, get the appetite flowing, yeah. right? And then once weed is legal, and you can, can probably really... start to get more guests, like because exactly. there's going to be people who are going to be like, oh, well, now I'm comfortable doing exactly, it because it's because legal. It's legal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And as soon as those cute trendy stores pop up, or the Walmart st- Walmart Walmart <laughs> stores too, like I'm not yeah. going to be picky. Like you will, you can sponsor my show. Like, oh. We have a built-in yeah. base for you, listening people that are going to be selling weed. Yeah. Hit me up. 
She also said, how long will it take for recreational marijuana to be accessible? We said December. Yes, in early December. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. Oh, Christmas is about to be different. Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. Yes. Their weed is always flowing at Christmas, but now it will just be so plentiful. Yeah. And, and don't forget also, like, uh, you'll be able to, to grow your own, too. Like, you're going to be able to grow seven plants. So all these, you know, I, I know so many people who are, are big botanists and love growing their, their you know, phylodendron this and fiddle farmer, leaf that. Market weed. You can start to be like, all right, I'm going to try my hand at some cannabis here. Yeah. See, I, I, I have no idea what that process looks like. But. Okay, so, okay, so this still also has to, like, not happen because it's also the same with, like, alcohol. Like, as individuals, mm-hmm. you know, you make your own fucking moonshine or something. You can't, like, really legally sell that. No, You yeah. can, you know, give yeah. away to friends or have it at your – I don't even know if you can legally make moonshine. I mean, you can microbrew your own beer at okay, home. Like, there's okay. kits you can buy on Amazon okay. to do that. I mean, so I... So now it's like you can grow your own weed. You can't probably then sell it legally or, like, into, like, baked goods. Right. Or, you know, like... But I'm sure... Get... But if you have a but, dinner guest over, you can be like, absolutely. I'm just feeling... Yeah. Maybe the little black market of, of weed, too, also will. I think I that's... I wonder the... what it's going to do to drug dealers. Honestly, I think that there's going to be... a. I, I think people in general like to get what's most convenient. And if what's right. going to be most convenient is going to that like Walmart store, like you mentioned, yeah. they will. If what's most convenient is their neighbor Your grows. That you've had it for 10 years. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if that's most convenient, you really want to, you know, shop local, then people yeah. might continue to do that too. I mean, it's, it, I think that it's, it's also going to be tough because. I mean, law enforcement, I did sit down with the Hamilton County Sheriff's Department, some members from the Sheriff's Department to talk about kind of how this is going to change their day-to-day yeah. lives. Um, and it's, they were saying, you know, when, if you, it's, it's, it's a lot of the laws are the same with, with medical now. Like if you get pulled over, you're not supposed to have your stuff just in out. the car. Like, yeah. and you have, it needs to be like in a sealed container. It's really supposed to be like in your trunk, but okay. it needs to be sealed. It's got to be like unopened. Okay, this is good to know. Yeah. These are good things to yeah. know. So that's, but also, um, I, there, part of that I think is also cause like they have probable cause that they can smell marijuana coming mm-hmm. out of your car. It doesn't matter if it's legal, even if they smell it on you, but you haven't maybe been smoking or yeah. you haven't smoked in a while or whatever, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that's still probable cause. And the probable cause is what they need in order to, to drug test you. Because as we know, there's no breathalyzer for marijuana right. the same way there is for alcohol. So the only way that you can be, uh, you know, if a cop can uh, determine that you've been, you you know, under the influence of marijuana while driving is a blood test, which Wait. you actually don't even need a warrant to, to get. To get, to, to get my blood? To get your blood. You don't need a warrant. And I, I confirmed that with an attorney who specializes what? in OVI DUI cases. Yeah. But it's rare. I mean, like they never, the, uh, the yeah. sheriff's department said that they've never that as, as far as they know, like forced a blood draw on this, that they could, they, they emphasize, but they haven't. The attorney I spoke to says that he's never seen one forced either, mostly because I think, uh, you know, law enforcement likes to really emphasize the, the, the perks of admitting things early and often and, mm. and offering up evidence because they say, you know, it's going to reduce your time because if you, you know, if you don't, if you don't uh, consent to a blood draw, like there's a charge there. If you don't consent to a breathalyzer, like that's a charge there. Um, you know, it's, if you have, and that what's tough there is that 
marijuana, as we know, stays in your system. Right, for a month. Yeah, depending on how much you, you know, consume and how often. Like, yes, it is in your system for a while. So um, when I was speaking to the attorney about I think it. it's my DNA makeup at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, 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 it's just. It's in there. It's dancing it's around with in. all of your sparkle. It's yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said that he would, it would be his advice to, to depending on when you last consumed, if you're being asked to do a blood draw, you might want to say no to that <laughs> and, and fight it. I think that we're going to, I think that it's, and I, I know that there's a lot of messaging and this is what the, the fraternal order of police for the state of Ohio and, and other like law enforcement agencies in the state who came out against issue two, they were basically saying, this is going to up crashes. This is going to be like, dangerous. Can we look people. at data from Denver? Can we look at data like from California? Yeah. Like, people, this, we're, 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 this isn't the first time and we've done this. And I think what's hard is that, um, because those states also, they do experience an influx of tourism and influx of people going there and so you already kind of have more people on the road in these areas that are already growing and when you have kind of the natural consequence of more accidents there and then you do have people who like I said have marijuana in their system for however long it might be it's it's I'm not saying that there's not a, a direct link but the, I think that to say that it is as simple as that that the yeah. that that in, that legalizing recreationally means that there are more fatalities, like bar none. The opponents to to that argument say that it's not as simple as that. I mean, come. I mean, I guess if I guess people that don't smoke weed, that might sound probable to them. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if they're going to be so high, they're going to be so reckless, they're going to fuck shit up. Mm -hmm. When in reality, no, we're going to the fucking pony. And we're eating chicken fingers. <laughs> or staying and home. we're going to go for a walk yeah. and look at the leaves. Like, yeah. we're not... I mean, one of the officers I no spoke like, to... No one's like, let's smoke a joint and go for a joyride. Yeah, one of the officers <laughs> I spoke to, he was like, I'm having a hard time seeing how this is going to be a good thing. He's like, but also, like, but also, maybe this is going to chill people out and I'm going to have a lot less but also shit it's to deal with. happening. Like, I walk by Washington Park on the weekends and people have full-on scales with weed out on the sidewalk, yeah, their own little operation. Yeah, I mean, so, like that's also what the what uh, members of the department told me is that they were like, it's people are if you want to do it are already yeah, going to do it. it. You either already have a medical card, yeah. or you know you're getting your stuff from someone who has a medical card, or yeah. like you said, going that true blue method of yes. going to your neighborhood true dealer. Um, and so it, I I don't really think much is going to change. I think that the bigger change that we will see is the influx of tourism of yeah. people coming. I mean. I, we already have Michigan up north, yep. but you know we might have more people from the south flow up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, do we know um, how many states now is it recreationally legal? Do oh you know? My gosh. Wait, I think I've, you're acting we, like I research a, and I'm supposed to know things, and I'm absolutely. We have a to live audience member here too. If anyone can pick up on his voice in the background. Sir Anthony, no, it's fine. It's great. We're I'm we're happy to have you. You wanted he wanted to be here to soak in the magic. I feel like I just saw this somewhere. Someone just posted it. But do you know that I was gonna go to the inquire on Instagram right now? But in my mind, I said Enrique. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does look like that, like off the top of your okay, head. Okay, here we go. I got it. Twenty four. The Ohio was the twenty fourth state to legalize recreational marijuana. Yes, I am seeing, I've just now pulled up a map and that is, yeah, it's crazy to think it's like half now, yeah. like, like almost half of the United States when it feels still like when I think about 
legalized marijuana. I think when we were in like high school and in college, the notion of that being something that would be widely available was beyond, like absolutely blew my mind. And in my mind, it's like just still... Colorado and Den- and yeah, and Colorado yes, and California. Like, yes, exactly. Like, like they are Seattle like that's Washington. the mom and dad of of, yes. of of weed states is Colorado, California. But in New York, which like I feel like New York flew under the radar so much for me. Like I just mm. like didn't think about it when it happened. But mm, my friend Haley, like you can buy weed at the corner store. You don't. Oh, wow, you, don't okay. you can use Apple Pay. Yeah, like they. You don't have to like. Yeah. I mean, they might ask for an ID, but it would just be like to buy, buying tobacco. Yeah. Like if you look like you're, you know, underage, they might ID you just the same way. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think that also with, with bigger cities like that, right. you think, uh, I don't know, there's something about it, I think, starting with Colorado and California that makes it feel like it's this big out west, like... New age like thing. Yeah. yeah like almost like this. Yeah. Yes. Like this new, like this kind of feeling like it's back in like that like late 60s early 70s like I'm living on a compound and we're growing right. our own type of like yes. vibe but no yeah it is now going to be in those like bigger city corner store I mean it's gonna be I mean you could see like you had said before like the cute little like aesthetic shop that yes. you would see that sells crystals and everything oh, else yeah. that pop up those are in small towns now and mm-hmm. not just bigger cities those are gonna have weed so yeah um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the uh, demographics of, of owners will be of, of these different businesses, yeah. uh, to seeing, you know, the sizes, like if it's going to be mostly just these larger monopolies, if we are going to see this be, you know, become an expanded industry for smaller mm-hmm. businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of our uh, followers at City Beat, uh, we're a friend of the publication is Fireside Pizza. Uh, they are, they're awesome, but they were, their owner was sending out lots of images on Instagram, basically saying like, you know, we as a pizza shop have won today because yeah. marijuana won. Yeah. So I think yeah. there's going to be some ripple effects too in other businesses. It's going to be wild to see how it, it booms the economy. Yeah. If mm-hmm. anyone listening has some intel or like is a part of any sort of situation of popping up to sell marijuana yeah. and get these licenses, please reach out because yeah. I would love to chit chat. Talk sure to you Madeline. like a startup you yes. know, a, a local weed startup. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like, where do they import from? Like, mm-hmm. where do you get your weed? Where are the major producers of weed? Yeah. I Well, you know, when I'm visiting up north with my uh, husband, he lives in the Sandusky area. Uh-huh. Um, there's lots of farmland up there. Yes. And um, he's pointed before when we pass a field. I mean, he like, as, as growing up around crops, he can point to anything and be like, that's soy and that's yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I feel so dumb because I look at it and I'm like, I it's just, green. I don't, no I don't know what I'm looking at here. Um, but he'll point, and it's usually these um, covered, it's like these like massive, like oh, yeah. white greenhouses okay. basically. And he'll be like, that's, that's going to be weed or it is weed and that's for medical right now. And so I think that's what we'll start seeing more of are these basically like huge, large grove places. It's like, um, almost kind of like a, like a practice facility for like the NFL, right? Like those big tents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. Well that is one I'm very, very excited about. Um, both issues I'm very, very excited about, but what else do we have? So issue 22, issue 22, speaking of economy, like that was, that was a, that was one that I had really, truly no idea how that was going to go because we don't have a comparable election to show for it. It's a one-of-a-kind type of, of mm. race uh, for a one-of-a-kind asset, and it's now going to be a one-of-a-kind 
trust fund. So we have uh, issue 22, for those who don't know, was the uh, item to sell, to propose the proposed sale of the Cincinnati Southern Railway to Norfolk Southern in exchange for $1.6 billion, which would be invested into a trust fund uh, that the city would live off of in perpetuity, ideally, to pay for basic services, uh, potholes, uh, you know, infrastructure needs of places like parks, fire stations, stuff like that. Um, it's had, the last time we spoke about it, yeah. so much has happened because oh. it really became um, an issue that, refreshingly enough almost, did not fall on party lines. Oh. It was not this thing where it was like Republicans want this, Democrats yeah. want that. It was really, truly... Just uh, two different mindsets? Two different like levels of, of trust. And oh. I think that the... Um, it was really the... It was the East Palestine incident that really is what shot all of this off. Yeah. Once East Palestine happened, and for those who don't know, although I'm sure you do, because that's especially living in Ohio, just yep. like that... that we have a whole episode on it if you go back and listen to the yeah. last one Madeline's on. What happened in East Palestine? Palestine. It was on February 3rd of earlier this year. There was a train derailment that was caused by a lot of different factors. Basically, Norfolk Southern having um, cost-cutting measures that they've been able to kind of get, work, away with. get away with because of all of the the lobbying that they've done to make sure that they can make as much money as possible. I mean, it's like mm -hmm. a 54, 53 billion dollar company, Norfolk mm -hmm. Southern. Um, and so, when East Palestine happened, it resulted in the uh, the the local fire department to determine that they needed to burn off the hazardous chemicals mm -hmm. uh, in, in order to avoid like a larger explosion. Uh, and when they did so, it released a huge toxic plume of chemicals. I'm sure you've seen the photos. It truly looks some, like Definitely. out of a movie. Yeah. Like it's a big giant black mushroom cloud of of smoke and it settled over the the small village of East Palestine and it ended up killing a lot of local wildlife. It was uh, very visible and obvious in the like local streams. Like, you, you know, you probably saw those videos. People would like throw a rock in the stream and it would like bubble yeah. up with oily bubbles. Yeah. And um, there was a lot of mistrust in the community to this day um, about drinking water. There was yeah. a poll that came out I think it was midsummer, um, basically saying that it it was something like nearly like half of uh, residents still wouldn't want to bathe their child in the water. Like they were oh, just shit. absolutely terrified. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of ongoing um, collaboration between uh, Norfolk Southern and the town. And by when I say collaboration, I mean tension. I'm, okay. I'm, they're just they're trying to to rectify, and it's been like a almost feels like almost a year almost. of of Norfolk Southern trying to rectify what happened. Um, and uh, JD Vance and Senator Sherrod Brown, they both have worked on this this um, piece of legislation called the Railway Safety Act to try and rein in. Uh, some of the practices at Norfolk Southern and also other, you know, big major rail uh, conglomerates that they are able to get away with having like extra long trains, having, you know, I mean, they have Civil War era brake systems. Yeah. They have, you know, the trains being operated by one person who are working very long shifts. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of different factors that they're looking at to try and, and prevent something like this from happening again. Um, and so the, but still, you know, it's the reason why East Palestine happened is because they were able to skirt a lot of these, you know, congressional 
uh, you know, a lot of this congressional scrutiny. So there's just not a lot of trust in Norfolk Southern at all at this point. And that was really felt in Cincinnati. The derail the sale campaign was really focused on the safety aspect of this. Um, and, you know, basically saying like, if something like this were to happen in Cincinnati, it would be a very big, it'd be a very different story in a big metropolitan area to have potentially water contaminated, things like that. Um, but also the, the Save Our Rails pack, they were a lot more, they were more so focused on the, the money. They were focused on this 1.6 billion, saying it wasn't enough that the railroad is undervalued. Mm -hmm. This railroad, <laughs> it travels from Cincinnati to Chattanooga. Um, and it's, 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 a, it's a single rail line, right? Like I think that's something that also might've been lost on some folks when we say we're selling our railroad, they think it's like when they look at, Queensgate Yard or they look at the CSX, you know, they look at the, the stations where it's like this like big wide thing of track, track, track. It's not all of that. It's yeah. one single Just rail one, line. Right. One track. But it's but what's so special about it, it's the we are the only city who's ever owned our own rail line that goes over a state line and goes, you know, across part of your own region. Um, and so while it was just one rail line, it was very special that we had it. Mm -hmm. And so um, they were saying, like, we do have this very valuable asset. $1.6 is just not enough. Mm. Um, and they don't trust the fact that there's a board of trustees who oversees the the way that this this asset is managed, this mm -hmm. trust fund, because they don't trust them because they were the ones who got this, uh, you know, this deal together when what they say was behind closed doors when it was really technically they were operating legally because they are able to do some of these meetings without um, like without the public knowing because mm -hmm. they're in negotiations, right, with this other company, with Norfolk Southern, to figure out a new lease amount or a new sale amount. Um, and so the whole thing to, to that group was just that it was a very shady situation. The mayor also, it came out that he had some, uh, there was some overlap between his campaign and um, and his, or his office and the those who are in charge of the Build Our Future campaign, which was advocating for the sale. So a lot of support started to splinter among community leaders as well. The Cincinnati NAACP came out against the sale saying that basically the way that these funds are going to be applied, they worried it was not going to be you know, an equitable application of these funds for people who are in, in neighborhoods that are in desperate need mm -hmm. of some of these infrastructure updates, new roads, right. uh, you know, as safer streets, you know, all of that. And so, but then there was a press conference uh, uh, that it built itself as Cincinnati Black Leaders coming out in support of the sale. There were members of council there, Jan Michelle Lemon Kearney, uh, Reggie Harris, um, and uh, Mika Owens. Uh, and, but I spoke to the NAACP president who basically said like, yep, we were not invited to that. We wouldn't want to be at that. We don't believe in the sale. This is, this is not, this is just a no for us. Wow. Um, and there were also different labor unions who had different thoughts on this. Rail Workers United was out against the sale, but AFL-CIO, though not a union, they're a, 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 a like a conglomerate of unions, basically, yeah. they came out in support of the sale. So it just, it kind of bounced yeah. all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, wait, what was the final outcome, though? Was It passed. It, so It passed. And it wasn't as, it, it was not, I think that if the, I think if East Palestine wouldn't have happened, I think it would have passed with flying colors because I think people wouldn't have, I would have just heard, oh, we're going to get all this money, um, and that's going to be, 
that's going to be enough for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that the East Palestine thing is really what fired people up because Norfolk Southern as a name just became so recognizable. And that's, that's actually why the state legislature required, because it required a law change to even make this happen. Mm. The state legislature required that the city of Cincinnati put on the ballot that this is going to Norfolk Southern because they knew that people had a right to know the buyer when the buyer's name right. is so right in the, yes. in the news yeah. right now. Um, and so the, the actual outcome was, and I, I'm sorry, I need to pull up this number. Let me go here real quick. Oh yeah, you're good. Um, I expected it to be, I mean, it, like I said, if East Palestine hadn't happened, it would have been much steeper, but, um, it was, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now that now that more of the precincts are reporting, it is it did pass with fifty one point six percent of the votes. So yeah, it was. I mean, it was close yeah. for for yeah. something like this, for something for an issue that I feel like otherwise. I mean, for instance, like the zoo levy or the library levy, right? Those pass yeah. pretty high handedly. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. not this, this is obviously an entirely a majorly different issue. However, something like this being so close, I was just imagining Aftab sweating like crazy because yeah. this, this was really, this has really been his big pet project. Yeah. It seems because yeah. this is how he's going to be able to pay for all, get us out of our yeah. $300 million uh, capital deficit in yeah. his mind. That's what his pitch has been this entire time. Um, and so now a lot of uh, people, I think, are, are worried. They're like, okay, now Norfolk Southern owns our track. What does that mean? Right. Um, and it, it doesn't, it's actually not going to change the day-to-day -day operation, really, of anything mm -hmm. right now. They were going to be on our track no matter what yep. for the next yep. 25 years because right. the way that the, the agreement was laid out, they were going to have the option to re-sign the lease if it didn't pass, which they had already kind of, like, signed off on, yeah. which they would have been able to get the uh, rail line for $25 million a year, which has been the the lease agreement now for a while. Um, but if it didn't pass after that 25 years, an independent arbitrator was going to determine the new um, amount, uh, yeah, which, yeah. which Aftab worried was going to be significantly lower than 25 yeah. million. Yeah. So um, now Norfolk Southern, you know, they're going to own the track. Uh, we're going to get 1.6 billion and the, and that is going to be invested in a lump sum. And, and the way that the board is going to invest it, hopefully in their, in their yeah. view is going to, double or triple that um, with, and we'll just live off of the interest yeah. and never touch the, um, the 1.6 billion. That's, that's, that's what the city is saying is going to happen. Okay. We're going to have to keep an eye on it. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that really is important on keeping an eye on at this point is the success of the Railway Safety Act. Mm. There are people who say it does not go far enough. It doesn't go far enough to hold these these rail companies in account. Yep. And um, it also, as far as I know, it has not passed yet. Like, and and Vance hasn't. And I I spoke to his uh, campaign manager at one point, and uh, you know, he's. I've been asking them, you know, to talk to me about that because mm -hmm. I want to know uh, more about, you know, where Vance's priorities are on this because while he was, you know, supposed to be getting, you know, support for this, for this legislation, he was also introducing legislation trying to make sure a federal mask mandate doesn't happen again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, um, he's really uh, into the investigations or, or the, the Hunter Biden stuff right now, oh, yeah. things like that. Right. right? Yeah. So I think that it's going to be interesting to see how and when, you know, that's going to be able to make it across the finish line. And 
uh, if it's going to be the last of the updates that mm -hmm. these uh, rail companies are going to be expected to make because yeah. it's only a chunk of what people are asking for. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. That's great. All of, all good stuff. Uh, or like... <laughs> favorable, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting to have answers now. I think yeah. when you're, when you're following issues and you, the day finally comes, it's kind of like, okay, like I've seen the end of the movie now and mm -hmm. it's like, I'm just preparing for the, for the sequel and yeah. seeing what, what happens next. But, um, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how Aftab now going forward with this one specifically. I mean, yes, he got his victory, but he got it in a way I don't think he was intending. It was a more brutal fight than he expected. Yeah. He had to defend himself a lot more, I think, than he expected. And he had to answer. I mean, there were ads that were pulled that featured him because of his uh, the controversy surrounding the treasurer involved in the campaign mm -hmm. and how it related mm -hmm. to his office. Um, so I think that this is go going to be something that he was hoping to be a major legacy achievement for him. And maybe to some it will be, but also it's going to be something that kind of follows him like a shadow yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Well, Madeline, thank you so much for these updates. Yeah. I feel very educated. Oh, good. Thank you. I'm um, sorry I didn't have more uh, no. details on on, no, on what to expect with weed, but we, I mean, I think we'll, that everyone's living in the afterglow of yeah, just knowing it's yeah, coming yeah, yeah. right and now. We'll, we'll get more. Like, oh, yeah. We can wait. More, more will come out, mm -hmm. and you'll come back on, and you can tell us all about it. I will. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Chrissy Gurley, K-R-I-S-S-Y-G-I-R-L-I-E and at What The Fit Podcast. If you're loving What The Fit, please help spread the word. Send it to a friend, share it to your story. And if you are looking for even more exclusive content, become a Patreon member. You can find it at patreon.com slash whatthefitpodcast. Love ya.